Well, welcome to another new broadcast week here on The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's so good to have you along for the ride today. We have stuff to give to you. We have lots of stuff to give to you. How many giveaways do we have? Let me count the ways. It'd be like those cartoons, you know, where they're counting and they count on their fingers and then their shoes come up and their toes pop out. And we've got that many prize packages to give away. Uh, today, Max McLean's going to join me in the second, uh, well, what do we call it? We're not, not quadrant. We've got three half-hour segments of the Bottom Line Show. Segment number two. Uh, Max McLean is going to join me to talk about The Most Reluctant Convert, the uh, biopic they did, the kind of documentary slash biopic they did on C.S. Lewis at Fellowship for Performing Arts. And then we're going to give you a chance to win one of the five DVDs we have of those to give away. And then yesterday, in case you didn't hear it, uh, we like to think of him as our very own Charles Stanley, the uh, Bible teacher on In Touch, which is heard on uh, KBRT, uh, Southern California, KCBC in Central California, and all over the Crawford Broadcasting Network. Charles Stanley turned 90 yesterday. 90 years of age, 90 years young, as a matter of fact. And so today is Charles Stanley's birthday, and in honor of his birthday, I have not one, not two, not three, but four, just kidding, five different Charles Stanley resources to give away. I've got a children's book, Charles Stanley's Every Day with Jesus, 365 Devotions for Kids. I've got an in-touch note-taker's journal. I've got the Charles Stanley Life Principles Journal. I've got Charles Stanley's uh, God's Great Love storybook. And if you didn't know this already, and I did not, thank you, Teresa Kim, our outstanding marketing director, for uh, pointing this out to me. Charles Stanley is quite the photographer, and he actually has published a book, a visual devotional, if you will, called Landscapes of His Grace. It's uh, devotional, but also has video. The photography is courtesy of the very own Charles F. Stanley, 90 years young. If you're a Charles Stanley fan, we're giving away, it's his birthday, you get the presents. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Crystal is answering the phones today. And when you give her a call, give her a call. She's sitting here staring at the board going, wait, how come no one's ringing you? It's because it's a 40-second delay. So what we're talking about here, it'll take about a minute for it to go all the way through all of cyberspace into the satellite world, and then the phones will start ringing. So introduce yourself to Crystal. She's a new member of our team. She's taking the phone calls today, and this is a Charles Stanley's birthday. You get the gift, 800-227-5278. That is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Hey, good news. If you're getting ready for the election, we have so many people who have written in and asked, hey, where are Roger's recommendations? Sometimes they're nice requests. Sometimes they're like, hey, where are Roger's recommendations? Okay, they're up. (laughs) They will be up at the end of the show anyway. I finished off the proposition recommendations this weekend. Takes a while to read through them. And then if you ask my lovely wife, Lisa, she'll say it takes me a while not only to read through them, but then to get frustrated with them. And then, you know, it's the 12 stages of, you know, of denial or grief or anger, frustration. It's maddening. Now, I've seen some faith-based organizations who have put their recommendations for the propositions up at their websites, and I, I try to read as many different sources as I can before I go ahead and put pen to paper. And I have to admit, I saw a couple of them said, you know what, just vote no on all of them. And it's just easier that way, vote no. I will respectfully disagree with that assessment. I'm not sure that, see, the phones are ringing off the hook right now, 800-227-527. Everybody loves Charles Stanley. The guy turned 90. He's a legend. 
We have lots of Charles Stanley books and devotionals to give away, and we're giving them away to celebrate his 90th birthday, 800-227-5278. Give Crystal a call right now. Um, when I was looking at the different propositions, there are a couple of them that are pretty easy to spot, but you know how it is with us here at the Bottom Line Show. I don't just want to say, Gavin Newsom likes this one, so therefore I hate it, the end. As a matter of fact, there's one of the propositions that Gavin Newsom is against, and so am I. <laughs> Not because of him, but because of the fact that, quite frankly, it, it it's kind of a redundant bill. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think it's really important for us as Christians, if we're doing analysis, balance, and clarity that leads to discernment, that leads to edification, that's the E in this whole little alphabet soup that we have, we have to be able to not only read these propositions, dig a little deeper and find out the why behind the how, and then ask the question, okay, so what is it about this proposition that makes me want to vote, yes or no? Now, people ask, well, you spend a lot of time on the propositions. What about the other you know, judicial races, et cetera, et cetera? Those are important, too, and I will be getting into the different congressional districts at some point um, here before the election. Of course, early voting in the People's Republic of California starts next week. Most people are going to be voting by mail. The mail has a tendency to favor Democrats. So I want to encourage you, if you're a conservative person who does not vote with the Democrat Party, either you vote Republican or you vote uh, what we call no party preference, or maybe you're independent or something like that, let your voice be heard and get your vote in sooner than later. But the important thing, I think, is to be able to say more than just, I don't like this bill because it's got Gavin Newsom all over it. I don't like this bill because it's got Nancy Pelosi all over it. I want to understand where they're coming from. There are two bills, for example— that are almost seemingly identical if you only watch the news. Here's your first assignment <laughs> when you look at the, the campaign uh, season right now. Do not pay any attention to any of the campaign ads you see or hear. I'm going to repeat this. Do not pay any attention. Here's the reason why. Because there is no way on heaven or earth that anyone will ever tell you the truth about their position on something in a 30-second soundbite. No way. Physically impossible to do. And I'm talking for the conservative side versus the uh, progressive side. There's no way. It's too easy to say, they want to take away your rights. I'm going to stand up for your rights. Vote for me on November 8th. What does that mean? I mean, seriously, what does that mean? There has to be a more cogent conversation about this, something a little more thoughtful. So there are seven propositions on the California ballot, and with all due respect to our friends in Colorado, I, I, I refer you to John Rush at Rush to Reason for handling the Colorado stuff. We're broadcasting on KLTT and uh, KLDC in Colorado, but I'm, broad, I'm sitting here in Costa Mesa watching the planes take off at John Wayne Airport. So when it comes to Colorado politics, I'm not going to pretend then I know the issues as well as John does. But when it comes to California politics, let's go. And I encourage you to go at the end of the program. Got to give Tamara, her computer's acting up. That's, that's the real reason why she didn't have it. Her computer's acting up. I was trying to send her some pictures earlier. No, Todd, seriously, it really is. And, and earlier, <laughs> we were trying to do an interview, a recorded interview with an uh, author who's on the East Coast, and I spilled my drink all over the table. So we couldn't do the Zoom because... The glare, and it just—it was a, you know, modern. Pro Todd's laughing at us right now, 
right? He's doing air quotes. He's looking to be like, oh, yeah, sure. Trust me. It was kombucha, Todd. The studio smells like kombucha, and Todd loves kombucha. He's watching the golden nectar just drip down the counter going, why did you have that? Anyway, I I digress. That was a fun little diatribe, though. When it comes to the elections, please give yourself enough time to read through and look at my recommendations. Look at Craig Huey's at Election Forum. Go to My Faith Votes. Jason Yates was on with me last week. Go to Deb Wethrow's iVoterGuide.com. There are so many good voting guides that will take you that cover all 50 states. I focus on the propositions because I really honestly believe we can move the needle in the People's Republic. We've got seven of them here. Nothing would make me happier than for bottom line listeners to get four of the th- of the seven that we recommend on the books. You know, get the, there are a couple here that are I'm recommending yes votes. All the rest I'm voting recommending no. And if we could come up at batting over 500, I would be personally thrilled. Now it is important though to fight for our religious liberties. And to continue to do so at the ballot box, that happens voting in terms of uh, who we elect to congressional districts and uh, state assemblies and things of that nature. Coming up next, Stephanie Taub from Liberty, First Liberty Institute is going to join me. And we're going to have a conversation about a case involving Ron Hiddle. Ron is a former fire chief of the city of Stockton. Ron served for nearly a quarter of a century as the fire chief of Stockton. And then he attended a leadership conference. And that leadership conference just happened to be at a big church. Now, it was kind of a business principles type of conference. It was at a big church, their global leadership summit at Willow Creek Church in Chicago. So they hold this basically secular event at a church, and all of a sudden, what happens? He winds up getting suspended, and then he winds up getting fired. Now he's working somewhere else, but 10 years later, he's still fighting to have his name cleared. Stephanie Taub with First Liberty, Senior Counsel with First Liberty Institute. She's handling this case, and she's going to join me on the other side of this break to give us an update on Fire Chief Ron Hiddle and whether or not his case will go to the Supreme Court. We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line for a God and Country segment, uh, joined by Stephanie Taub, Senior Counsel with First Liberty, firstliberty.org. And we're going to take a look at a case here that involves a local firefighter who uh, literally lost his job for exercising his religious liberty and going to a church conference. Uh, Stephanie Taub, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Good to have you here, especially in the cases of religious liberty that First Liberty has been fighting for many, many years. And we have been privileged to uh, keep Bottom Line listeners up to date on different stories. Uh, To uh, Central California we go for the Central Valley case of Stockton. And uh, Ron Hiddle, a fire chief there who served very, very diligently and faithfully for many, many years, who wound up losing his job over, uh, we think it seems like maybe a misunderstanding, maybe not, simply because of his faith in Christ. Uh, Stephanie, give us the details on what's happening in Ron's case, because this has been going on for about a decade now, it seems like he's been fighting. So this is about fire chief Ron Hiddle. He was in the fire department working for about 24 years. And then he went, he rose through the ranks to become the fire chief. But then when the city told him to get leadership training, when he attended leadership training from a Christian perspective that took place at a church, he was investigated and then fired. So the city leadership, they also disparaged him as being part of a Christian coalition because he was open about his faith. So this this case has clear evidence of religious intolerance by the city, of religious discrimination, 
So we are appealing Chief Hiddle's case to the Ninth Circuit. Mm-hmm. What what specifically happened in the case of, I mean, here's the, the city basically saying, okay, you're the fire chief. We want you and your staff to get leadership. And so he digs around, finds that the Willow Creek program is one that would be, and I would wholeheartedly agree, Willow Creek Global Leadership Summit. Uh, literally, he, he saw, found this in a secular publication, thought that it's meeting at a church. It shouldn't be too difficult. What, what Did he have to get any kind of approval, I mean, legally or otherwise, to go to this conference, Stephanie? Or was it something that they saw as kind of subversive in him trying to infiltrate the ranks there with that evil Christianity, quote unquote? Well, he put it on his calendar that he was going to this conference that day. So the city would have had no problem if it was a secular conference. It's just mm-hmm. the religious nature of it that they didn't like one of the um, one of the city uh, city employees saying, "Oh, the fact that you saw that it took place at a church should have alerted you that this was inappropriate." Like you can't have um, leadership training. It doesn't matter if it was world class leadership training like the Global Leadership Summit gives. Mm-hmm. And Fire Chief Hiddle, he wanted to attend the best conference that he could find in the area. Right. This conference has had people from all sorts of different perspectives. It's had former presidents Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter and Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg. So this is a really high-quality conference. It's mm-hmm. just a religious association that the city didn't like. Stephanie Taub is senior counsel with First Liberty Institute. Firstliberty.org is the website where you'll read more about the case of fired Stockton uh, Fire Chief Ron Hiddle. And the, the idea, Stephanie, as you were just describing, I'm thinking, wow, I mean, Willow Creek is a church, obviously, just like Saddleback Church or some of the other larger churches on the West Coast are. And we wouldn't be surprised if there was a summit happening there. But then when you look at who's speaking, who's on the, you know, who's on the docket, if you will. And Cheryl Sandberg doesn't necessarily make me think about handing out evangelism tracts, having her name involved in that. You know, but at the same time, the fact say, hey, look, I'm looking for the best leadership training that we could get. I mean, there's something that's going to be beneficial for me and for my leadership team. And the fact that you mentioned, Stephanie, that it was on his calendar, um, the fact that people could see it and they knew it was there and that, that there didn't seem to be any opposition to it until he actually went. And I guess another question I would ask is, well, was it an issue maybe where the city's saying, hey, look, we paid for this, so therefore you shouldn't be able to go? Or did the, the fire chief and his guys all pay for it out of their own pockets? Yeah, he paid for the conference with his own funds, so that's not hmm. the issue here. And the okay. city would have had no problem with him if it was a secular conference. So it is really just the religious association. And then the city's reaction, too, really says a lot. It's an extreme reaction to to investigate and fire him when they found out that it took place at a church, um, rather than maybe talking with him about any concerns or mm-hmm. or yeah. putting him or discussing the situation, just going straight to firing him is is very extreme. Yeah, we would expect there would be the uh, the proverbial we've heard of this so many times the so called administrative review, you know, where someone gets placed on paid leave and they do a little due diligence, do a little investigation, and then they discover, yeah, okay, there's a problem, or no, there isn't. But the fact that just two months after he goes to the conference, he gets fired just because, you know, with a list of charges that seem rather bogus. Uh, From there, he then went to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and filed a religious discrimination uh, claim with the EEOC. When did that happen and what happened as a result of that? 
So as a result of the EEOC, you have to file a claim with the EEOC before bringing a lawsuit. So, so that's a prerequisite before bringing um, a federal employment discrimination lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So after that, he filed his lawsuit, and it's been making its way through the district court for years. Um, and so now we finally get up to the point where it's time to go to the appellate court, and we're going to the Ninth Circuit. So we just filed our opening brief before the Ninth Circuit just a few weeks ago, and then we'll have oral arguments probably sometime next year. Now, by the fact that you said it's going to the appellate court, the Ninth Circus Court of Appeal, I'm sorry, Circuit Court, I, I got to make sure I get the right <laughs> terms in there because sometimes I'm sure it seems like a three-ring circus to you guys for sure. Uh, the fact that it's going to an appellate court sounds like there was a lower court ruling uh, that went against uh, Fire Chief Hiddle. Is that accurate? That's right. So the trial court didn't even let the case go to trial. They issued summary judgment in favor of the city, um, basically saying that there wasn't enough evidence to go to trial, even though we have all of this evidence that the investigation started right around the time, like shortly after they found out about this conference, that this was listed, him attending the conference and allowing some members of his team to go to the conference. That was listed as number one and number two reason for firing him. Wow. So this is, this, it's pretty clear that this is religious discrimination. And the fact that the judge didn't even let it go to the jury is absolutely outrageous. Mm. So we're asking for the court <laughs> to overturn that and let him have his, his day in court. Mm-hmm. And I think that's key. Stephanie Taub is with me today here on The Bottom Line, Senior Counsel with First Liberty Institute. FirstLiberty.org is where you can read more about this case. The fact that they basically said, look, here's a trial court that won't let this go to trial. Here's an employer, the city of Stockton, who said, we're basically going to fire you with no real evidence other than the fact that you went to a religious conference or a conference that we deemed too religious. And we, we don't want that. You know, we, we, we don't want that for you to have happen. And so the fact that you're asking for the appellate court to say, look, we just want to go back to the trial court and, and have a trial. We've got plenty of evidence here. We believe that we'll win. And the fact that they've held this guy up for the past decade, I mean, we're talking about things that happened in 2010, 2011, and here we are toward the end of 2022 still fighting this. How does Ron Hiddle stay encouraged, Stephanie Taub? I mean, this is a guy who lost his livelihood after a 24-year career. He was fire chief of the city of Stockton enjoyed doing the service, had been doing that capacity for at least five years. Uh, What are his spirits like? How is he holding up? So he, as a man of faith, he has very strong faith, and he's now the principal of a Christian school. So it's it's been it's been a long um, it's been a long road, and we're still seeking justice for him because of what he went through was absolutely unjust. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, he's he's been able to to find a good place of employment. I love it. What can we? Uh, how can we, Stephanie? As we wrap up this segment, how can we, as bottom line listeners, obviously we pray, but also uh, stay in cut, touch with the case? Are there any dates coming up in terms of anticipated court hearings or things of that nature that our listeners can be watching for? So they haven't set the argument date yet, but please, um, yeah, we always appreciate prayers. And if you want to find out more about the case, we are First Liberty Institute, and you can find us at firstliberty.org. Right. And we'll have a link for this case summary for uh, Fire Chief Ron Hiddle uh, up at thebottomlineshow.com as well. Stephanie Taub, always a pleasure. Thank you for great conversation and good information uh, on this very important case, a religious liberty case right here in Stockton. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Wonderful. Thank you. 
You know, I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to work with organizations like First Liberty to bring you these stories to let you know what's happening in the world, especially when you think about public employees having so much protection in terms of the unions and the benefits and everything that they do get. And yet this is a guy who wants to better his crew and winds up going to a conference that just happened to be at Willow Creek Church. And next thing you know, he's a, well, I'm glad he's principal of a Christian school right now, but but we're hoping and praying that uh, Fire Chief Ron Hiddle, former Fire Chief of the city of Stockton, is exonerated for the Ninth Circuit Court. Uh, We'll keep you posted as uh, more developments in this case develop. And of course, you can go to firstliberty.org. We've got a link up at thebottomlineshow.com so you can learn more about what's happening in the case. Uh, Some final thoughts in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Right after you get into an accident, you need to call Stephanie Cover of Cover Law to begin the process of healing. Too many people make the wrong choice and try to handle their case on their own. Don't be gullible. Your insurance company does not have your best interests in mind. Their job is to save money, not help you recover. Stephanie's priority is you. She will help you recover wholly, mind, body, and spirit, as well as get you the settlement you deserve. Begin your recovery by contacting Stephanie first and follow her instructions to streamline your healing process. Stephanie has over 25 years of experience and knows how to get you healed and restored. Although your friends and family may have good intentions, they are not personal injury attorneys and therefore they do not know the best way to help you. Stephanie Cover does and she will help you put the pieces back together financially, physically, and spiritually. You need to write down her number now. or go to kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Your healing begins with Cover Law. Wow. I can't do the high one, not today. My thanks again to Stephanie Taub, Senior Counsel of First Liberty Institute, firstliberty.org, and the case of former Stockton Fire Chief, Ron Hiddle, uh, who's now working as a Christian school principal. It's been 10 years since the city of Stockton basically fired him for uh, taking five members of his team to a leadership conference. And that leadership conference was sponsored by, it was an excellence at business conference, but it was sponsored by Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago. And that was just too much for the city of Stockton. So the city that uh, specializes in handing out uh, guaranteed basic universal income to people who have financial hardship will not tolerate their fire chief uh, letting them know. It wasn't like he did anything subversive. It was on his calendar for crying out loud. Um, Taking these guys with him, trying to become better leaders. And you know what happened next is uh, the, the woke police came in and said, well, you know, if you were a Buddhist, that would be okay. If you're a Muslim, that would be okay. But because you're Christian and you went to one of those quote unquote Christian churches, we know you must be up to no good. And they fired him. So Hopefully the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals will actually take this case and, uh, and review it and realize that his, uh, his religious liberty uh, rights were violated and that he should be uh, reinstated. I don't know if he wants to go back to his position, but I'm sure there's an issue of back pay and things of that nature. But when we talk about restitution, it's like with Stephanie Cover, the personal injury attorney who has been uh, partnering with us on the Bottom Line Show now for over five years. Stephanie and her husband, Jim, are both great attorneys. And, and, and Stephanie talks about personal injury law, and she says this is all about restitution. It's all about making things right, helping restore what was taken away. In a personal injury case, you call Stephanie Cover at 877-214-4935, and she works on getting your car fixed, getting your body fixed, getting your job back, or getting you know <clears throat> back pay, whatever it was. And that's a biblical concept. 
I mean, this is not us trying to gouge. I mean, I've seen the personal injury attorneys who look at you from the billboard and say, I'm going to get you paid. And that's not what this is about. This is about restitution. It's about making things right. And so we recommend Stephanie Cover. We recommend that anybody who's had their rights violated and has a justifiable gripe to contact an attorney like someone at First Liberty and help them stand up for what is right. Not because you're trying to belabor the point and get a big settlement, but rather because this is justice. This is righteousness. And this is what is true. So we'll have a link for this. We do have a link for the story up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll take a quick break as we continue. Uh, we're going to start a new uh, new trend here. We'll see how many weeks it goes. <clears throat> called Movie Mondays here on The Bottom Line Show. And the first movie we're going to profile is a movie that almost didn't get made. As a matter of fact, Fellowship for Performing Arts had been doing stage productions of the works of C.S. Lewis for years. But when the pandemic hit, the founder of Fellowship for Performing Arts, Max McLean, uh, was faced with a dilemma. No one's making anything. I mean, they're not on the stage. No one's going to live theater. What do we do? And a friend said, well, why don't you make a movie? And so they did. They made a movie, The Most Reluctant Convert. It's now available for streaming wherever your favorite streaming services are streaming. And it's also available on DVD. The movie exceeded expectations last fall when it was released, and recently I had a chance to catch up with Max to talk about the most reluctant convert, C.S. Lewis, and also the most reluctant filmmaker, Max McLean. Now, when we finish our conversation on the other side of this break, I have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five copies of the DVD of The Most Reluctant Convert to give away. So we're, get, we're giving Gail a workout today. Crystal, excuse me, I want to call you Crystal Gail. Crystal's getting a workout. First day on the phones, Charles Stanley's birthday, Max McLean DVDs, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. 800-227-5278 is the number to call. If you want to get in line for Max uh, McLean and The Most Reluctant Convert, the outstanding uh, theatrical release based on the stage production about the life of C.S. Lewis. And the fact that there are three different seasons in the life that are depicted in the film, and Max is the one who gets to play him in the final stages. Max McLean talks about the movie The Most Reluctant Convert, The Life of C.S. Lewis, coming up next as the bottom line continues. Want to continue receiving income into retirement with little market risk? Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Services can help you secure a permanent income and benefits addressing your risk tolerance with professional advisory knowledge. You have a large 401k or IRA as your retirement nest egg. How about a four-dimensional plan that will pay you and your spouse income for life without stock market risk? How about we include inflation benefits so your income goes up annually? How about we include extra income benefits for long-term care? And if you need one or both, you both have it. That's right, permanent income inflation benefits, long-term care benefits with no market risk. We have put over $50 million of our clients' money in the 4D account in the last few years. These clients are sleeping way better at night. Learn more when you call Wilson Financial today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Well, special guest joining me today for a special edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marks, joined by Max McLean, the founder of Fellowship for Performing Arts and also the star of the, well, the most reluctant movie, uh, anyway, maybe the most reluctant movie maker, <laughs> the most reluctant convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis, which is now available everywhere and uh, highly recommended by yours truly, among others. Max McLean, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thanks, Roger. 
I called you the most reluctant movie maker because we were talking before we started our conversation here about the fact that the most reluctant convert it was such a great project. It's so interesting. It's so well, you know, obviously well presented, but it, it's not always easy to take, you know, something you would do on stage and bring it to the big screen. And yet this is something that wasn't necessarily in your wheelhouse pre-COVID, was it? Oh, we're, we're not movie makers. You know, the, the disciplines required for theater and the disciplines required for film uh, are really quite 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 different and uh what what happened was uh uh back in 2019 uh most reluctant convert began as a uh stage play back in 2016 mm -hmm. uh and it emerged after adapting the screwtators and great divorce from the page to the stage and uh because both of those uh books reflect aspects of lewis's conversion and uh, so I wanted to go dig into his conversion story itself, and and I turned to his uh, memoir, Surprised by Joy, and that's the uh, that's the basis uh, of the most reluctant convert play. Uh, it's an origin story about how the most influential Christian of the past hundred years, uh, you know, became who he was. Uh, the film is told uh, by an older Lewis coming alive in his memories. Tell of his conversion from hard-boiled atheist to belief in in first in God, uh, theistic God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and finally to belief in uh, in Christ. Uh, it was as you said, as I mentioned, uh, first to play, but then you know when the when the pandemic hit, we had this play was on the road, screw tape letters on the road, great divorces on the road. We just uh, had a show in New York, a modern adaptation of Paradise Lost, and then. In March of 2020, everything, you know, shut down. You know, you remember as well as I do. Yes. You know, 15 days to flatten the curve, right? <laughs> yeah. And I right. thought, well, what am I going to do for the next two weeks? Um, <laughs> and when we realized it was going long, uh, we uh, we had, if we were going to do any work at all, we had to turn to filmmaking. And that's what happened to turn this play into a movie. Max McLean is with me today here on The Bottom Line, and we're talking about the movie adaptation of The Most Reluctant Convert, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis looking back on his life. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautifully done, beautifully told story. Uh, it's available wherever you can get DVDs and video streams and things of that nature. And Max, from what I understand, when this first came out, you know, people would wonder oftentimes, and I'm sure you had some questions yourself, well, this is playing for theatrical release. It's going to be streaming services. People are used to seeing our work on the stage uh, but the response to the film was just nothing short of spectacular talk about how surprising it was for you it to... really was surprising yeah uh, in in uh, christian film there's this uh, format called event cinema which means you 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 get a release for one night the the movie chains give you one night to uh, make or break the film and uh we went on sale, and uh, I think the night they gave us was November 3rd, 2021. We went on sale mid-September, and uh, almost instantaneously, uh, the cinemas noticed that, wow, this film is selling really, really well. And uh, by the time we opened, it had already been extended from one night to four nights, and then mm -hmm. when it did open, it extended a whole month. So it mm. ran from November 3rd to December 2nd. Uh, when we uh, when we opened, uh, we were the number two movie 
in America that night, November 3rd. Wow. Uh, we did better than Bond. I think <laughs> we we were second to Dune, which was the big film last fall. Right. Um, but uh, uh, we were number one in per screen average because uh, Dune was in 3,000 screens. We were in uh, a little over 500. Uh, and uh, that got the uh, movie makers' attention. And uh, and then when we went on video demand uh, in uh, in December, uh, it's done very, very well there. I think we have like a thousand reviews on Amazon Prime. Fantastic. Uh, at one point it was up, it was number 12 at DVD sales in, in, uh, at Amazon. So it surprised us. It really did. I mean, we, we knew C.S. Lewis had a following and we knew if we did a good film that was true to Lewis uh, and, you know, we, we showed the locations, we filmed it, uh, 18 different locations in and around Oxford. We had uh, 190 extras, 270 costumes, mm. uh, 15 actors, three actors playing Lewis. One is a boy, mm -hmm. one is a young man, and myself as the older Lewis looking back on his life. It's so, it must be so rewarding for you, Max McLean, having devoted your life to theater to know that when life threw us all a curve with the COVID pandemic, and I, thanks for reminding I forgot about 15 days to flatten the curve because that was what, about 35 months ago now or something like that. Um, the idea that everybody had to pivot. And my pastor likes to say, you know, the 11th commandment or the part of the Beatitudes that Jesus left out is blessed are the flexible because they don't get bent out of shape. But you had to turn to an entirely different medium. I mean, obviously, you know the story, you know storytelling, you know how to present. But when you take the audience away and now you've got the cameras and now you've got the actual locations and things like that, uh, talk about what that experience was like for you, not only as the, uh, the man behind the, the dream and the vision, but also the one playing the elder C.S. Lewis. Well, uh, thankfully, uh, the project was helmed my good friend Norman Stone, uh, two-time BAFTA winner, which is the uh, British equivalent of the Academy Award, a mm. couple, uh, couple of Emmys. So he, he really knew how to steer the ship. Uh, he, uh, he, you know, what we had talked about making a movie, but we we saw this as three or four years down the road. So when when COVID hit, we, we, we sped things up and he was ready to go because British filmmaking was, uh, was, uh, uh, going to open up in in August of 2020, and he said, "You know, nobody's worked here since March. I can get a really good crew. I can get mm. a really good cast, but we have to act right now." Yeah. And I I said, "Well, confirm those things and and uh, make sure the locations we need are available." And so I went to my board and see if we can get the funds, get the film in the can. Then we you know talk about post production and and uh, distribution later. And on August 31st. 2020, I got on a plane as big as Air Force One with fewer people <laughs> on it, flew to Heathrow, uh, quarantined in Oxford for two weeks. And uh, then we began filming, finished in October. Uh, what was really interesting from an actor's perspective, doing film and doing camera, uh, doing stage, you know, stage, the imprint is the voice. Camera, the imprint, of course, is the image. Uh, and... Uh, when when you do a, a theatrical production, you rehearse for four to six weeks. Uh, mostly, uh, you you prep it uh, in sequence, and then you once once the lights go on, you do the show and and you do it till it's over. 
in in uh, in sequence. Uh, with film, they break up the script in a hundred little pieces, <laughs> all out of order, uh, and it's all kind of managed by the availability of locations, the availability of of various people. And uh, you you have to know the continuity in your head, which I was grateful that I knew it because of all the stage work I'd done right. on the piece. Mm -hmm. It would have been almost I I put I couldn't imagine a, another actor trying to put that together. Mm. Uh, we filmed the conversion on the second day. Mm. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> because that's when we had modeling college. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it was a it was a good experience, uh, you know, to be able to use your concentration powers in a different way. I. I I do find, uh, you know, the, the the concentration in film is is you really have to dig deep for about a minute, mm -hmm. and then you cut and get it from a different angle. With uh, with theater, you have to pace yourself to get through the whole play. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm sure that that must be uh, obviously it's a challenge when you're doing the, when you're pounding the boards, as they say, because you're running that marathon every night, and then to have yeah. to be able to come and sprint every scene using that mm -hmm. metaphor. Uh, must be a, a real challenging discipline. Did you enlist any other help? Was Norman the the catalyst? Norman for that was great. Well for uh, I I did hire, bring in a vocal coach. Uh, I found taking to the camera I was a little intimidated by the camera in the beginning, but uh, I I did get pretty comfortable with the camera pretty quickly, and and I was a little surprised by that because I I you know I'm basically a little self conscious, so you know a camera can be really intimidating, uh, but I did. Kind of turn that corner pretty quickly, mm -hmm. and and turn it you did with the uh, tremendous success at the box office, tremendous success at the streams of this video as well. The most reluctant convert, the untold story of C.S. Lewis, starring and uh, uh, driven by, if you will, Max McLean of Fellowship for Performing Arts. We've got a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's available wherever you can purchase a film on uh, on demand, Blu-ray, DVD. And uh, and I encourage you to check it out. Uh, now that the, uh, the the that itch has been scratched, if you will, I don't know if you, if you had desire to make films before this happened, uh, Max McLean. But now it seems like you're on a roll. What's next in line for Fellowship yeah, well, for Performing we were, Arts? We just closed uh, the Great Divorce in Chicago. It was a wonderful production that that opened before the pandemic, and and we were one of the new New York theater companies go back on the road in August of 21. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've we've uh, toured that show for a year now, and it just closes Chicago. I'm opening up a, a new show uh, next month called uh, Further Up, Further In, which is a continuation of the Lewis story. Uh, the Most Reluctant Convert covers Lewis's life from the death of his mother when he was nine. She died of cancer when he was nine through his... Uh, conversion to Christianity uh, when he was just short of 32 years old. Uh, and uh, But, you know, a lot of people get converted, Roger, as you know, and they don't become C.S. Lewis. Right. So <laughs> how did that happen? You know, yeah. what, what were the uh, what were the things in his life that opened up that he could have, for instance, a a uh, a national audience to uh, speak about Christianity to the British public on the BBC during the war. Uh, how did that happen? Um, what what made him such an extraordinary, uh, really an evangelist, particularly mm -hmm. to skeptical yes. people? Yes. Part of it is because he never forgot what it was like to not believe. So he, he always viewed uh, his conversations or always had that perspective. Um, and 
anyway, I, the, the, the play we, we, uh, we've been working on for about a year and we had a preview of it in Phoenix that went exceedingly well. Hmm. And now we're going to roll it out as a national tour that uh, should be all over the country uh, for this fall and next spring. I, I love that. I'm so thrilled that you're back on the on the beam, if, as it were, because it is so important. I mean, I realize the films are great, and a lot of people, while we were cocooning and trying to uh, avoid what was we were told was a very serious threat, uh, we missed something. Talk, take the last couple of minutes of our time together, Max McLean, and talk about why live theater, live production of music, you know, worship services, all those things, the gathering together of people, it does something to us emotionally and physically, but it does something to us spiritually too, doesn't it? Yeah, well, in theater, it's a it's a really magnificent moment when it happens. It doesn't happen all the time, but this this idea of you have an uh, you have an audience in a contained room, all concentrating on on a story uh, that is really engaging their minds, capturing their imagination. Of course, the imagination is so essential because it's the raw material of what we think about, uh, and you you get this kind of one mind where everybody is in that moment together uh that doesn't happen anywhere and there's a combustion there that uh that the holy spirit uses it's a it's a very very you know faith comes from hearing the message the message is heard through the word of god the right. word of christ there's something about doing that community in a community that is really life changing. I think God knew what he was. I think God knew what he was doing yeah. when he he made the church for all of us to get together and think on him collectively. Yes, yes, and 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 the the power of the testimony of C.S. Lewis and his mm. evangelism is so powerful that why not go to see one of Fellowship for Performing Arts is outstanding performances including the new one what was the title again of the one that you're working further on is, it's called further up further in okay okay great um, it's a it, I, i'm very very excited about it i i think it what it what it will do in 90 minutes it will uh it will capture lewis's uh christianity the way he he expressed it and and, and the depth of it and the imaginativeness of it uh you know his uh the constellation of ideas that came out of his head, the way he framed things, uh, you just get nowhere else. And to be able to do that for for a, that extended period of time is, uh, I, I think the Lord's going to use it in a magnificent way. Well, we're confident of that, and we're looking forward to when you come around these parts again, which fortunately I happen to know you will because your yep. mom lives in the Cape Wright listening audience, so you have to talk That's to your right. mom, right? <laughs> well, Max McLean, the most reluctant convert, the untold story of C.S. Lewis. We've got the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com and information on where you can get that film. Check out Fellowship for, for Performing Arts as well and the outstanding new tours that they have running now and the ones that will be running later in the year. Max McLean, always a pleasure. Thanks. It's great to see you here on the video as well. Uh, for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. We've got a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have copies of the DVD to give away, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five different copies. So, I mean, you want to talk about everyone wins something. If you want to get through to Gail right now, I called her Gail again. I won't go to call you Gail until you stop calling you Crystal. I, all I think of is don't make my brown eyes blue, Crystal. I'm sorry. 800-227-5278. Give Crystal a call. 800-227-5278.
800-227-5278. That is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And we have five copies of the DVD of The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis, to give away. Crystal standing by, eagerly waiting for you to call. You know, it's interesting when you think about the C.S. Lewis story. <clears throat> Max McLean, Fellowship for Performing Arts, have done such a great job of bringing this to the, uh, the big screen. This is their first try at this. I mean, if you've ever seen one of Max's presentations, FPA does a great job bringing these stories to the, the, the boards, as it were, the floorboards, the hardwood, whatever you want to call the stage. And, and we saw one, my mom and dad and I saw one a couple of years ago in Irvine. It was fantastic. Um, they, they're so riveting. They're so compelling. But it's so interesting how this is an organization that's existed for years doing exclusively stage productions. And when the pandemic hit, they were faced with a choice. Do you just kind of sit back and wait for an opportunity to, you know, maybe, maybe they'll open the, uh, the big stages up again? Or do you take what God was leading you to do? And I so admire Max and his team for saying, hey, wait a minute, we do the theater, right? That's, that's who needs us, and that's who wants us. But theater people who'd never made a movie before said, hey, let's give this a try. And how many of us got forced out of our comfort zones during COVID? How many of us found ourselves saying, well, this isn't what I ordinarily do, but I think God's leading me to give it a try. And, and if that has been your story, boy, give us a call. Be inspired by this movie, The Most Reluctant Convert. Crystal, taking your calls, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have five copies of this DVD to give away. So I guarantee you, phones are lighting up right now. Just about everybody who calls in is going to win, win one of them, I would imagine. But when you watch this, do so from the standpoint of knowing not only, of course, the C.S. Lewis story, he was a reluctant convert, but I also refer to Max McLean as the most reluctant filmmaker because here's a guy who does stage and knows the cadence of stage, as he puts it, knows the voicing of stage, when to project, when to ease back, you know, how to do the what they call blocking in the theater, where you stand in such a way that you look like you're positioning yourself uh, you know, to maybe look to the side or look backward, but you're still playing to a crowd. You're still playing to an audience. And the toughest challenge for a filmmaker, of course, is making something that is going to have that kind of impact and reach through and get people. But I'm just grateful that he was obedient to this call instead of saying, oh, not me, Lord. I'm, I'm not a filmmaker. Why, why would I want to do that? I mean, that, we'll be back on stage in no time. Max took the challenge. And in taking the challenge, this movie has had a huge impact. That's why I want you to see it. That's why we have copies to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 That's the number to get you through to the bottom line for one of the five DVDs that we're giving away right now, uh, starring Max McLean as the elder C.S. Lewis in The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, let's take a look at one of Roger's recommendations. The recommendation list is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Download it, enjoy it, use it to your benefit, especially as you're doing preparation work for the upcoming election on November the 8th. 
Uh, that's all up at thebottomlineshow.com. More on that in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. Uh, of course, if you're calling right now, you may get a busy signal because we've got a huge load of people, <laughs> tons of people. We're calling in right now for those Max McLean DVDs of The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. We've got five of them to give away. And now Teresa's getting in on the act, too, at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, I mentioned the uh, fact that Roger's recommendations are up at thebottomlineshow.com. They may not be up until the end of the program. I just want to point that out. Uh, Tamara's having some Internet issues, uh, and, of course, with uh, activity where she lives that's messing up satellites and things like that. So uh, give her a little bit of grace, if you would. Uh, I will be sharing uh, a little more extensively during the final half hour of the program today my recommendations, my thoughts for why we're doing what we're doing. And also, by the way, we still have a couple more of the Charles Stanley (laughs) resources to give away to celebrate Charles F. Stanley's 90th birthday 90 years young after, as of yesterday, and uh, encourage you to hang around for that. You know, it's interesting how um, when we talk about elections and the impact that they have, oftentimes on the local level, you find people who can do the work and do the due diligence and get earmarks. I mean, get, get money set aside. Case in point, here's an example of this. Uh, California State Assembly member Cotty Petrie Norris of Costa Mesa was able for fiscal 22-23 to secure some money uh, to help uh, get the fire training center in her district of Costa Mesa uh, reworked. Two and a half million dollars to get that uh, up and running again in a better fashion. And that's, you know, certainly admirable. Uh, Now she's at it again. And now she has been able to receive a $1.2 million earmark from the state budget. And you say, okay, well, now what's going on here? Do you vote for people for the assembly or the state Senate because they're good at, you know, filing the paperwork and getting big money from Governor Newsom and company? Well, here's according to Mayor John Stevens, Mayor of Costa Mesa. um, What is remarkable about this uh, achievement here, the one point two million dollar grant, if you will, from the government. It's so that the city of Costa Mesa can upgrade uh, the Ketchum Leibolt Park. Uh, going to add a parkway and recreation amenities and things that uh, people who live in West Side Costa Mesa uh, really would benefit from in their park. And basically, the park was built to pay tribute to a couple of uh, former police officers who spent uh, you know a good number of years serving the Costa Mesa community as members of the police force. Uh, James Ketchum was known to many as Dave. And John Liebolt, who was also known to many people as Mike, um, lost their lives on March the 10th of 1987 in a helicopter crash. And so to honor their memory, the park was built in 2005, and it's been nearly 20 years since it's had a facelift. So now $1.2 million in grant money later, uh, they will be having that uh, that facelift uh, sometime during the course of this year. So uh, nice work there. State Assembly member uh, Petrie Norris. It's important to understand that not all politicians are kind of corrupt and whatever. I mean, every now and again, you run across a good one, right? But I think what's important about this story is to ask the question, which we as taxpayers have the right to do, and that is, what are you doing with our tax dollars? 
We know here in the People's Republic of California that when Democrats get a hold of money, they like to spend it on crazy things that don't always add up to uh, justifiable issues. And then you wonder, well, where did our money go? Remember when Jerry Brown took over as governor, California was running a major deficit, and his solution was to raise taxes, and then we had a surplus, and then the surplus was also kind of attached to the fact that he had control over where to spend the money. You might say, well, that's good, right? Well, remember that one of the taxes he passed was designed to help, quote-unquote, salvage the school system, and the school system now continues to keep running downhill. California has now a $100 billion budget surplus, so I think they can spare a million dollars to help update Ketchum-Liebolt Park. But this is where we as citizens need to pay close attention to who's running for office and what measures they are presenting to the California State Assembly, California State Senate, and who's running for Congress. So when you look at Roger's recommendations at thebottomlineshow.com, knowing that the first wave of these always starts with the propositions. We always take a look at what the governor is proposing, what we the people actually got on the ballot, and maybe more importantly, what we weren't able to get on the ballot. But I know many bottom line listeners over the years have been hitting us up for this. We started doing Roger's recommendations back with the general election in 2012, and every two years we put one up for you. Uh, I will be getting to some of the key congressional races. Uh, I, I'm def- basically deflecting the state assembly, state senate races, unless they are really glaringly uh, in need of some kind of, of criticism, if you will, uh, to our good friend Craig Huey at Election Forum. We put Craig's link up at thebottomlineshow.com in addition to my uh, recommendations because the more information you have, the more analysis you could do, the more balance you get as to whether or not issues are good or not good. Um, and then the clarity that you get, it makes it easier to have the right discernment to uh, be edified and to cast the proper vote. So go to thebottomlineshow.com. Roger's recommendations are there for the propositions and more to follow as the weeks wear on. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. And Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, let's walk through a couple of Roger's recommendations and more Charles Stanley birthday stuff to give away as the bottom line continues in just a moment. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We're still wrapping up the calls that came in for Max McLean's DVDs of uh, The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis, uh, 800-227-5278, the number to call there. Also, I should point out that today we are commemorating an event that happened yesterday, a very, very special event when you think about it, because, you know, uh, every time I watch one of the icons of the Christian faith who's in the pulpit, who's been preaching for a, a good amount of time, and then we ask the question, well, where are they going to be able to continue to preach? Uh, Tony Evans, who's kind of become the online pastor of the Marsh family when we're not able to get to church, we're looking at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. And Tony um, has been just a tremendous resource, I know, for our family for years. Well, he just had a birthday a week or so ago, and uh, he turned 73. And I thought, well, that's really cool. Good for you, Tony. I mean, looks great, healthy, uh, taking care of himself, and... Uh, and just, you know, still winning people to Christ every week, and it's just phenomenal. Well, in addition to Tony Evans turning 73, we marked a noted birthday. He's one of our programmers who are uh, Bottom Line Show affiliates all across the country. Um, in addition to t- Tony Evans turning 73, yesterday, September 25th, Charles Stanley turned 90. Nine zero. Neunzig. Uh, <laughs> 
Dang, 90 years old. Now, when you listen to Charles Stanley on In Touch, weekdays, I believe it's 9.30, no, 9 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. on K-Bright, and then different times depending on where you're listening, I can assure you I don't think you're hearing Charles Stanley in the pulpit at age 89. You might be hearing some messages that he might have preached a year or two earlier, or five or ten. You know, that's the, the beauty of the recorded ministry. But Charles Stanley turned 90 yesterday. And so, as we say, uh, he has the birthday, you get the gift. I'm holding up right here for our, uh, those who are watching on myhopenow.com. we got the camera going and everything. Charles Stanley's Every Day with Jesus, 365, day devotion, 365 Days for the Devotions for Kids. Here's that book right there. Uh, what else do we have here in the prize package, Roger? We've got uh, the In Touch Note Taker's Journal, beautiful brown leather. Uh, it's shrink-wrapped, so it's uh, no, never been used. Uh, the Charles F. Stanley Life Principles Journal. I'll hold that up right here for the camera, okay. Um, and this is a fun one. The Storybook of God's Great Love with a foreword. It's from In Touch Ministries, but Dr. Stanley wrote the uh, foreword to it as well. And then this one is amazing. If you're a photographer and you like beautiful photo visual stuff, Charles Stanley is a, a wonderful photographer. Apparently that's an avocation of his. And he has written a book called Landscapes of His Grace, a visual devotional. He writes the devotionals and does pictures that go along with them. And I'm not talking pictures like Todd or I would draw, right? You know, can you imagine what our, our visual devotional would look like? Stick figures, right? And then who was it? Was it Stephen Wright said, you know, I, I tried to work as a uh, sketch artist for the police department, but uh, the handcuffs kept falling off all the guys I drew because they were stick figures and they... Anyway, that's what mine would look like. But no, I'm not giving up my day job. Anyway, I'm holding this up, Landscapes of His Grace. Uh, 800-227-5278. If you would like to help us celebrate Charles Stanley's birthday, right now we are giving away all of these things right here that I'm holding up for the camera. 800-227-5278. Give Teresa a call. 800-227-5278. We are taking names. (laughs) That didn't sound right. With the way the FBI is working right now, we're taking names... Hey, are you inside? Yeah. No, we don't want to insinuate that people are going to come to your home and raid you. But 800-227-5278, give us a call. Get your name in the drawing. We have five of these different resources to give away, and they are just gorgeous. They're wonderful for kids of all ages and for adults of all ages, and uh, would love to put one in your hands. And, of course, when you get a gift from us, it's not just the gift you're getting. It's also the prize pack that goes along with it. We have a bag. We've got... Um, new bumper sticker, a new banner. Heck, we even still have the K-Bright chip clip, right? Now, you'll notice they're not the bottom line show chip clip. It's the K-Bright chip clip. I'm not bitter. But <laughs> there, I, we've got a banner in here. I guess that's what you're going to get. 800-227-5278. If you would like to celebrate Charles Stanley's birthday, if you're a fan of In Touch here on the Bottom Line Show affiliates that carry your version of the Bottom Line Show, We've got Charles Stanley goodies to give away, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. Have to comment on this before we get into Roger's recommendations. Just know that between now and November 8th, you're going to hear a lot of talk about elections and things of that nature. Did you hear what happened in Italy earlier today? I have to admit, I was listening to one of the major networks on my way in this morning. I want to say it was CBS. I'm not sure. And I realized since I just said it, you're all going to go, oh, CBS. So I've... It's kind of like saying, I'm not going to mention any names, just initials, Todd Stickler, 
Um, but anyway, so CBS. And they were talking about the fact that in Italy they were having a meltdown, according to this major news group that may or may not be CBS, because of the fact that Italians had just elected a new government that was the most pro, basically dictatorial government, hard right, fascist, almost as fascist as Mussolini. And I thought to myself, dear God, what did we, what happened here? So then I hit go to another report. This one's from Breitbart. And it talks about how Georgia Maloney is set to become Italy's first female prime minister. And I see this woman holding up a sign, kind of smiling. And I'm thinking, is she the new face of fascist dictators? I mean, I don't, you know, Mussolini gets mentioned in the same name as Stalin and Lenin and Hitler. And I'm looking at this woman and she's kind of got the same type of vibe as like Meryl Streep. I mean, it doesn't seem like a fascist dictator at all. So anyway, she led a coalition called Centro Destra. It's an alliance between the party that she has been a part of called the Brothers of Italy and former Deputy Prime Minister Matteo Salvini's League, Lega, and former Prime Minister Silvio Bersolini's Forza Italy. Now, to be fair, I believe Brothers of Italy did have some connection to Mussolini back in the day. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> times change, and I don't know that Italy is in a big hurry to be a dict- dict- dictatorial government once again. Um, Brothers of Italy, 26%. The League at 9%. Um, the other around 8%. The coalition came in with around 43%. And these are the conservative alliances. So now they're going to p- control both the Chamber of Deputies as well as the Senate and Here's something that the left just completely missed. They were told in their talking points, this is the second coming of Mussolini. Run for your life. Be very afraid. Todd and I were talking about this earlier. He was watching her give her acceptance speech in Italian, and his high school Italian is a little rusty, so fortunately they had subtitles. And <laughs> anyway, my Italian consists of pizza and masticcioli, right? So that's that's about it. But anyway, he said, I'm watching the speech, and... She's talking about family, and she's talking about the importance of family. And then I saw a video later where uh, Italian supporters of her party had the audacity to storm the Capitol, and they tore down the flags of the European Union, and they lifted in its place the flags of Italy. Not, not the Klan, not of Mussolini. Italy. Who, who knew? And oh, by the way in case you were keeping score at home, because progressives always do, they were so blindsided by this neo-fascist group that they called neo-fascist that they missed the opportunity that she, Giorgia Milani, is the first female prime minister in the history of Italy. Now, shouldn't that be worth something to the group that is always running around reminding us of the first woman this and the first woman that and checking off the boxes and virtue signaling? Never mind if it's the best candidate, but rather the first female. Now, take nothing away from the accomplishments of women, of course, but on the same day that the female Mussolini, I say sarcastically, uh, is being elected the first prime minister of Italy, we heard on Jay Sekulow's program earlier today uh, sound bites from the first female vice president of the United States talking about how awful it was that these anti-abortion 
advocates are taking away a woman's right to choose and women are going to die, et cetera, et cetera, because they can't get abortions. Um, we'll have to watch and see what happens in Italy. And yeah, I know her conservative party does have a bad reputation in the past, but when did Mussolini die? Just throwing that out there. I mean, there's a conservative coalition that looking for faith, family, values, the kind of things that we applaud here in the United States. And yet the left is missing it because they think she might be a fascist dictator because we, the last thing you want is to have somebody who's sitting in the Oval Office of Power handing out executive orders with no you know, legislative authority to do so that you know, maybe 47 times issuing emergency orders that all get thrown out by a court. I mean, that, that sounds like the kind of fascist dictator we don't want in office, right? That also sounds like the governor of California. Good old Gavin Mussolini, who <laughs> had his hand slapped twice by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals telling him he overstepped his boundaries and was forbidden to issue any more executive orders during the pandemic or after the pandemic because he did not have the authority to do so. It's in that spirit, then, brothers and sisters, that we take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at Roger's recommendations, and one of them involves Gavin Mussolini and his desire to make sure that the right of a woman to have an abortion and to kill her child anytime she wants to is enshrined in the California Constitution. We're going to take a look at Proposition 1 coming up next as the bottom line continues. Newport Bay Mortgage will steer you in the right direction toward the truth about reverse mortgages. Owner Cliff enjoys educating every client and wants to debunk the misconceptions you may have heard. You'll see that an FHA-approved reverse mortgage gives you financial freedom. You can use it to pay bills, cover unexpected expenses, or watch your children and grandchildren enjoy themselves while you're still alive. Cliff informs you of the facts. Drawing from his 40 years of reverse mortgage experience, you must be 62 years or older for the FHA program and at least 55 for a conventional high-volume program. It doesn't affect any credit score points and can even be refinanced after one year. When considering ways to enjoy your liquidity in, before, or for retirement, you need Newport Bay Mortgage. Contact Cliff today. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse. That's kbrightradio.com slash reverse or 714-741-8080. NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage, an equal opportunity housing lender. Find out how many options you have as a homeowner to tap into the equity of your home through a reverse mortgage and not just leave a legacy, but live a legacy for your kids and grandkids. Call Cliff at Newport Bay Mortgage today, 714-741-8080, or go online to kbrightradio.com forward slash reverse. Okay, this is not fair because I love this song. And it's about those things that we don't, whether it's a relationship, whatever, that we do, and we know we shouldn't do them, but we just can't not do them. Is Gavin Newsom California's favorite mistake? I think so. I mean, he's campaigning right now. Gavin Newsom ads are running in seven different states. As a matter of fact, this last weekend, Governor Mussolini was in Texas, of all places, telling people there, voters there, he's stumping for the Democrat candidate, I believe Beto O'Rourke, is uh, still down by double digits to Greg Abbott because Democrats for the Democrat party, the issue is abortion 
And for the rest of the world, the issue is liberty and inflation and lower gas prices and, you know, things that actually hit us really hard. I mean, not taking anything away from anybody who's ever wrestled with the concept of a, an unplanned pregnancy. As a matter of fact, starting next week, if you've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable here on Bottom Line Show Affiliates all across the uh, Western U.S., um, you're going to hear our friends at Preborn. Are co- I, I'm just letting the cat out of the bag right now. Uh, Preborn is actually going to become a partner with the Bottom Line Show starting on Monday. So October 3rd, and you're going to hear a very special opportunity as a Bottom Line listener to tackle the issue of the decision that is often made by women who just don't get all the information. There was a woman who called uh, Jay Sekulow's program earlier today. You can hear the replay if you're listening in San Diego. It's on tonight at 7. Um, she was talking, and she said, you know, you talk a lot about the, uh, the abortion crowd and how they're always trying to force women to have abortion. She said, quite frankly, when I hear the pro-life crowd, it sounds like all they're trying to do is force women to keep their baby. And I thought, wait, 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 you're, you're not hearing the third option. Option number one, when you get pregnant, congratulations, you're a mother. Option number two, when you get pregnant in the U.S., is congratulations, you're going to have an abortion. But, and I say congratulations sarcastically, but then option number three is release the child for adoption. And the beautiful thing about releasing a child for an adoption is there is a family who has been vetted, who's been screened, and for whatever reason, they're not able to have children or they have had their own children and they, now they are called to adopt even more. And there are so many options for women who choose adoption. You know, all the concerns that the left brings up. Well, they don't care if you, you can't afford it, so therefore you should just have an abortion. Well, wait, if you can't afford to be a parent right now, why not look into adoption? And the reason I bring up the preborn partnership, and I'm so glad the timing is perfect, because California's first proposition on the ballot is Proposition 1. Now, traditionally, what happens is the ballot, the propositions are numbered. And so, you know, you can remember Prop 13 from 1977 or whatever. It's not the same as Prop 13 from a couple of years ago. But typically what they'll do is they run through the propositions until you get to Prop number, I don't know, if they go to 99 and they go back to number one. We are currently, the last round of propositions ended at 25, so technically we should be starting with Prop 26. But because Governor Newsom is so pro-abortion, traveling the country, telling pro-life states like South Dakota and Indiana and Florida and Mississippi, hey, you should leave your state and come to California to have your abortion. Let's make California an abortion tourism destination. I mean... There are insurance companies right now who are going to pay for your travel, but here's the loophole that's being used. Let's say you live in a state where there aren't a lot of heart surgeon specialists and you need open heart surgery, speaking from experience. And so you find out that the nearest open heart surgery or surgeon who can handle your surgery is in uh, New Mexico and you're in California. Your insurance company doesn't say, tough luck, buddy. Get there yourself. I hope you live that long. Instead, they'll say, look, since the only specialist and we're going to pay for the surgery is in New Mexico, we'll also pick up your travel costs. You and a guest could fly there and stay in a hotel and you know pick up meals. They'll reimburse you for the cost up to a certain amount. Well, uh, once abortion was made illegal in certain states, some states it's still legal, like California, 
then all of a sudden these insurance companies said, well, yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll consider that one of those things because, boy, that's you know, I mean, it's life-changing and life-saving. And if you don't get an abortion, then that's going to ruin your life. And, and that wait, don't get an abortion. Are they going to cover adoption care? I mean, shouldn't that make, if you have to travel out of state, I mean, I can't imagine that there's not one state where you couldn't put your child up for adoption with an unplanned pregnancy. But the left doesn't want you to hear that. The left knows there's tons of money to be made in aborting children. And that's why Governor Newsom is behind California Proposition Number 1. You heard right. What should be numbered number 26 is now Prop 1. How convenient, as Dana Carvey used to say. Proposition 1 is also known as the, now get this, if I told you, hey, we have a Right to Reproductive Freedom Act, they're going to take away your freedom. No, there's only one person whose freedom is taken away in abortion, and it's not the mother. A yes vote for Proposition 1 supports amending the California state constitution to prohibit the state with or denying a woman's right to an abortion as well as to obtain contraceptives. No vote keeps things the way they are. The way they are right now is California is the most abortion-friendly state in the union. At least one out of every five abortions happens in the People's Republic of California. The idea that somehow California voters are going to rise up on November 8th and take away a woman's right to abortion, well, you've got two chances, as the late Jim Healy used to say, slim and none. But notice it's abortion or contraception, and this is where the challenge is. The challenge is the left sees contraception as the overarching everything, preventing a pregnancy or stopping a pregnancy that just started, whereas conservatives actually can have the cognitive dissonance to say abortion, contraception, two different concepts. Abortion means that as a pregnant woman, we are going to end the pregnancy by ending the life of the child. That's abortion. Contraception means contra-conceive. You do not conceive the child. There's no way, once a child is, is conceived, to unconceive the child. There's absolutely no way. So those who can run around and say, Donald Trump is the big lie of the election. No, the big lie of abortion is that abortion is somehow contraception. It cannot be contraception. Either the woman is pregnant, and notice I said the woman is pregnant, not the man who became a woman or wants to make his body into being a woman. That person will never menstruate. That person will never get pregnant. Any of the legal experts are running around saying birthing people. No, they have a name, woman or women, plural. That's it. The only people in society who get to get pregnant, as far as human beings go, are women. We are not seahorses. And I'm very grateful. <laughs> I watch those National Geographic and David Attenborough Earth things, and I watch those male seahorses cranking out all those baby seahorses, and I'm like, mm not me. Nope, 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 nope. But anyway, Proposition 1, the right to reproductive freedom, this is a heck no. But let me give you a little more background as to why on the other side of this break. By the way, Charles Stanley's 90th birthday, we still have a couple more gifts to give away. 800-227-5278, get your name in the drawing. We've got five different prizes 
all Charles Stanley products to give away and would love to give one to you. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Let Wilson Financial Services help you identify proprietary financial strategies for your wealth that work for your life. Let's revisit our one-year CD. Had a client who had $500,000 of retained earnings in his corporation for the last three years. I said, if you'd have put that into this account three years ago, you'd have seventy-five dollars to $100,000 of interest versus what you have now, which is a nice round number. Had a client sell his house, had $450,000 in the bank. I told him, is he really not likely to buy a house in the next 12 months? You want to leave this in the bank earning nothing? Or would you like to earn some interest on it over the next 12 months? So he said, how much? I said, well, how about between 20 and 30,000? He says, zero versus 20 or 30,000. Yeah, he says, I like the 20 or 30,000. Sounds better. Aren't you tired of earning nothing with all the money you have in the bank? Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line show. I'm Roger Marsh. One final segment here to talk about Roger's recommendations. And we're also taking your information. Uh, give us a call, 800-227-5278. Charles Stanley's 90th birthday was yesterday, and we are celebrating Dr. Stanley by giving away a bunch of his stuff. Got a children's book, 365 devotionals, a beautiful video devotional book where Charles Stanley's the photographer. So I encourage you to give us a call. We've got a couple minutes left. Uh, get your call in now at 800-227-5278. You'll be entered in the drawing for one of the five resources that we have to give away from Charles Stanley to celebrate his birthday. Roger's recommendations now up at thebottomlineshow.com. I'm taking a look at California proposition number one. It's called the Right to Reproductive Freedom Act. Does not take the child into consideration. The child has no reproductive freedom. They're just a sitting target. The yes vote supports amending the California state constitution to prohibit the state from denying a woman's right to an abortion as well as to obtain contraceptives. And, you know, quite frankly, if you look at the pro-life conversation, many people, I won't say most, but many people who are against abortion are Switzerland when it comes to contraception. Some people, of course, especially our friends of the Catholic community, are very much very passionately against any form of stopping life. I call Proposition 1, though, the uh, I would like to re- rename this as Proposition 28.1, as in Proverbs 28.1. In the New King James, that we read, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. No one, and I mean no one, is threatening to take away a woman's right to kill her child in the womb, as defined by California law. There are a lot of pro-lifers who would love to see it made illegal in California. But the reality is the numbers are just too strong. As we saw during the recall election last year, if every registered Democrat shows up to vote and does vote, then you really don't have a leg to stand on unless you could get some of those Democrats to come your way. And there are very many pro-life Democrats, but I don't think any of them live in California (laughs) You know, the thing about this, though, I mean, the narrative from the left has been no more Roe means no more abortion. And we can't have that because you can't be a woman unless you have an abortion, unless you're not a woman to begin with. And then you're transgender and then you can't have a kid because you don't need because you can't get pregnant. So then you go to Planned Parenthood and get your hormones. I'm not fully understanding the logic there, but quite frankly, this idea Democrats are 
raising huge campaign cash, scaring each other by saying they're going to take away abortion, they're going to take away abortion, without asking the question, what's best for the mother as well as what's best for the child? Seriously, if progressives really cared about the mother as well as the child, if they have the intellectual honesty to look that child in the eye and say, I want what's best for your mom, but I want what's best for you too. You can't recognize the personhood of the preborn child just because you want to be a parent. I've been trying to get pregnant for five years. The woman will say she finally does get pregnant. What does she do? Look at my baby bump. Look at my ultrasound. Look at all the things that, you know, this is such a blessing. It's such a miracle. But what if she tries for five years and then she gets pregnant and doesn't want to be pregnant and says, get this clump of tissue out of me. I got news for you. That baby is fully human. I love the meme that says, still me, still me, still me. Hey, look at me at 20 weeks of gestation. Here's me on my birthday. Still me. Here's me at five years of age. Still me. Here's me at age 17. Still me. The pro-life community has provided so many opportunities for women who are facing a crisis pregnancy or a pregnancy that they didn't plan because the world told them, hey, as long as you use protection, you'll never get pregnant unless you want to. And that's not true. If God is the author of life, then God sends the children to us when he's ready for them to show up. And we could say, how did this happen? Well, we know how it happens physically, but how does it happen spiritually? And what do we in the community of the body of Christ do to help bring that child into full fruition, to help raise that child to grow, to teach that child the ways of the Lord, and then to let them flourish and thrive? Rather than just trying to win a political argument, let's make sure that we win the life argument. I think we're already doing it. Let's continue to preach that good news as bold as lions. That's the bottom line.